Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Pro Football Tonight, presented by Real Take Sports. I'm your host, Umber Q. This was an NFL Sunday, that is for sure. A lot happened. I'm not quite sure what to make of some of it, but we certainly have a few storylines that we are following coming out of a somehow crazy, eventful, yet also kind of predictable in an unpredictable way NFL Sunday we'll talk about some of these matchups we have the scoreboard or the scores I should say to my right guys if you're just joining us for the first time this is our post uh this is our post show for NFL Sunday after all the games are wrapped up on Sunday we do this stream we won't be doing it next week because we're going to be off for a little bit of Xmas action however we will be back for actual Xmas but um if you're joining us, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. Let's just start with what, in my opinion, is one of the craziest storylines of this entire week, and that is Brock Purdy. Jimmy G goes down with an injury last week. Everyone's talking about what the 49ers' future is, myself included. We're talking about how this team that looked like they were on a roll, they had just won five straight, now are forced in a position where they're not only uh, being forced to start a guy who was a late-round pick, a, a day-three draft pick in Brock Purdy. They, they're starting mystery relevant, the final pick of the draft, which, look, if you get drafted and you just happen to be the final pick, that still means you were good enough to get drafted. So it's a bit of a weird backhanded compliment that I never understood, but all eyes were going to be glued to that Tampa Bay Buccaneers-San Francisco 49ers game for multiple reasons. This was Brock Purdy, and like they, they always do this, right? Where they compare the young upstart rookie quarterback to the GOAT Tom Brady whenever he's going up against one of these young guys. And leading up to this game, Tom Brady had been undefeated against rookie quarterbacks. That was one of the big records, right, that they were touting going into this game. Well, not anymore because Brock Purdy put the hurt on him today, 35-7. to The Brock Purdy era might be upon us. Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 35-7 to uh, on Sunday. And... It wasn't even close for a little bit. This was a thumping. This was a, a, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was a beatdown of epic proportions that really shows you where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now rank as far as being in this playoff picture, right? Because you have, you have a lot of the top-tier teams, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Niners included in that. Maybe the Cowboys as well. But then you're like, okay, what do we make of a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are only there, only in the playoff picture because they are in a terrible division? A division where right now the 4-8 and eight Carolina Panthers, after their 38-24 to 24 win over the Seattle Seahawks today, control their own destiny what's happening in the NFL right now people what is happening Carolina Panthers did it four and eight 
and they control their own destiny for a playoff spot. I'm not saying that, by the way, uh, to try to disparage or whatever the, the, the Panthers or the NFC South. It's just the truth. It's crazy. CL Outdoors is in the chat. Welcome, CL Outdoors. CL Outdoors says, the Titans were brutally beat down by the Jags. Oh, we will get to that putrid NFC, uh, AFC South, I should say, as well. By the way, guys, if you're just joining us, be sure to hit that like button. If you haven't already done so, subscribe and hit that notification bell. First, we need to talk about Brock Purdy. So, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy comes in relief for Jimmy G, and everyone's talking about how Okay, he had a good game against the Dolphins in relief of Jimmy Garoppolo, but what's this going to look like long-term? What's he going to look like after they have a week? A team has a week to prepare for him. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a week to prepare for him, and let me tell you something. They didn't look too prepared because Brock Purdy was doing everything he wanted. Everything he wanted on that football field. Dude completed 76% of his passes, two touchdowns, no interceptions, didn't light the world on fire with, with his passing, but it was precise. It was on point. The drives were all effective, and they blew him out. It was at one point 28 to nothing. And not only right now are we talking about, hey, okay, Brock Purdy might be, have a chance to be the backup next year. If he continues this, because remember, the 49ers right now are in a prime place to get a not only a playoff spot, but host a playoff game. They could make a run here. And if Brock Purdy keeps playing like this, you know damn well they're going to make a run. And I'm sorry, with a team this loaded and stacked on offense and defense, it really doesn't matter who you put in a quarterback as long as they're not putrid. You're going to have a chance to make a run here. And the what Brock Purdy has showed me over the past two weeks is that he is good enough. Right now, he is playing good enough for the 49ers to make a Super Bowl with him. And that is not saying because of him that I'm saying that uh, I'm saying that they can with him. Because this team is constructed to play hard-nosed defense. And they have weapons galore when it comes to the offense. Debo Samuel, Kittle, McCaffrey out of the backfield. And then on top of that, Brandon Ayuk is having a career resurgence right now. They just have so much to offer any quarterback that plays for them. And honestly, if I'm the San Francisco 49ers right now, you're not just thinking about, hey, Brock Purdy might be the answer for the next, for this little run we're going on into the playoffs. You also might be thinking, if he continues to play as effective as he do- did today and last week against Miami, there's a chance you're thinking about, hey, maybe we have something here as far as our future starting quarterback. Because let's not kid around. As talented as Trey Lance is, and I still think he is extremely talented, he is still a bit raw. We saw that in the beginning of this year. He can make plays with his legs. He has the ability to make plays with, with his arms. I think he still needs to take a step in his development. 
But what I'm looking at when I see Brock Purdy, and granted, very small sample size in the NFL. But what I'm looking at when I see Brock Purdy is a guy who is not afraid of the moment. A guy who's not afraid to... He keeps his eyes downfield. That's the biggest thing. For a guy who is who hasn't had as much experience or snaps as he ha- he's had, what shocked me the most is this guy's getting chased and his eyes are completely downfield and he's ready to make that big throw. That's not something you get every day from every day three draft pick. That's something you get from a person who's been in the league for a very long time. And Brock Purdy offers you that right now. Again, this is not me saying that Trey Lance has been replaced as the future of the 49ers. But if we're being honest here, this is a team that has just won six games in a row. They looked, you could argue, as good as they've ever looked the entire year with this 35-7 victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if he continues to do that, because if we're being honest here, like the San Francisco 49ers right now, like they don't have that tough of a schedule down the stretch. Like their toughest game is against the Seahawks next week uh, on Thursday night. And honestly, are we really like, are we really talking about the Seahawks the same way we were a few weeks ago after They've lost three in a row. Not the, the San Francisco 49ers could very well win out. End the season, I believe, like 12. Uh, was They're going to end the season probably at 13 and 4, if that's the case. And Brock Purdy will, will be undefeated as a starter. And there's a realistic chance. They got the Seahawks, the Commanders, the Raiders, and close the season at home against the Cardinals. That is not hard. That is a not a hard stretch for this team. And at the end of the day, guys, this is a what have you done for me lately business. A business. And if I'm the 49ers and Brock Purdy's playing like he's playing now, I'm keeping Trey Lance on the roster. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not going to go out there and claim that it's Trey Lance's job outright. When I have a guy who's likely going to take me on a run here. And again, this is all dependent. I know I understand there's a lot of subjectivity to this. There's a lot of of dependability on, on what happens in the future. But based on what we see now, this guy looks good. He looks ready for the moment. Looks pretty good. I had to make the joke. But hit that like button. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell if you haven't already. Um... Let's run through some of these other scores. We had the Detroit Lions. Who would have had this? The Detroit Lions right now have won five of their last six. They're sitting there pretty as well at four and eight. Four and eight or five and seven. Let's see. But they're sitting there pretty. They've won five of their last six. Well, they obviously they've won five of their last six, so they're not. Anyway, what am I talking about? Don't even know what I'm talking about here. They've won a few games in a row, people, is what I'm trying to say here. They're 6-7. and seven. I apologize. I apologize. They're 6-7. and seven. They've won two in a row. Five of their last six. 
they're doing a really good job right now. They're not going to win this division. Don't get me wrong, because it would take an absolute collapse by the Vikings. Like they would, the Vikings would need to lose out. Detroit would need to win out, which both of those things are dubious at best. But Detroit going into this game against the Vikings had a 7% chance to make the playoffs. And those chances tripled up to 21% after this, according to Steve Kornacki, our, our statistic lord and savior. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. Anything's possible in the NFL. Th there's a lot of competition there because... By virtue of their loss to the Eagles today, the 48-22 to thumping the Philadelphia Eagles put on the New York Giants, they've been taken down a peg. And the commanders who didn't even play a game, the commanders did not even play a game today, have moved up in the playoff picture to that second wildcard spot. Meanwhile, the Giants, who lost today, moved to that third wildcard spot. The Seahawks, who were in that third wildcard spot before uh, today, move out by way of their upset loss to the uh, the Carolina Panthers. So this NFC playoff picture, I, I don't have a graphic for it, but it has moved around a lot. And it's going to be messy at the end. And let me tell you something. If there's a team that can thrive in messy, if there's a city that can thrive in all, like if there's a the a vibe, if any team gives off a vibe as as, you know what, they're a team that can survive through like all this mess and and when the dust is settled, may, who's gonna sneak out? I think it could be the Lions. Don't get me wrong, like it, it's it still is a long shot, but I mean, what have the what have the the New York Giants done lately? They've lost three of their last four. The Commanders are the Commanders are on a roll. Don't get me wrong. Commanders are on a roll right now. Um, like, what what are they? They're like four one and one in their last like five, uh, six games. That's really good. But how sustainable is that success down the stretch? We'll find out. A few other news and notes from this NFL Sunday. We heard a report that Tom Brady could return to football next year instead of choosing to retire. Now, there's been a lot of news that's come, about, come out about Tom Brady over the past few months. I'm not going to get into the personal stuff with him and, and his wife. I'm going to leave that to... The gossip columns and apparently Antonio Brown to talk about. But I will talk about a potential Tom Brady free agency. Because the report is that Tom Brady is looking towards 2023 and looking towards the possibility of playing in 2023 when his contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is up and he will be a free agent. And... I know that the Bucks offense has not looked that potent, guys. I know it hasn't looked like it, it, it's like it looked uh, last year or the year before, where Tom Brady was coming off a forty back uh, back to back forty touchdown seasons. But Tom Brady right now is thirty five hundred yards, seventeen touchdowns, five interceptions, not blowing it out of the water. But this offense has just looked like just just it it, it just has not looked right all year and. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's a confidence factor with Brady not having his security blanket in 
Gronk. Like, that's really the only thing that's changed in this offense, if we're being totally honest. Not much else has changed. So, if that is it, then, I mean, you could just get Gronk on the phone, but I doubt that's going to happen at this point, realistically. Anyway, but my point is, Tom Brady is looking to play in 2023, and I think that sticking with the Bucks right now Unless they go on a miraculous run to the playoffs or, or run in the playoffs and go to a Super Bowl and win, I'm not sure he goes back to the Bucks. I think that looking at the landscape but how it is right now, there are two teams that I could see Tom Brady going to that where I think he would improve the, the current quarterback situation and make a direct impact and help that team take a step forward. And this is not me saying that Tom Brady's going to go to these teams. First team I'm going to say is the New York football Jets. It is no surprise to anyone that Zach Wilson has struggled. This was one of the big knocks I had on him coming out when he was going through the draft process. He's got a massive arm, throws the ball with all the velocity in the world. He just isn't experienced enough. The dude looked like a deer in the headlights in a lot of games. He And he just was not performing. You put Tom Brady in that situation with a team like the, the Jets, who are overperforming what people expected. They're seven and six. At one point, they were seven and four to start the year. Their defense is playing really good football. Robert Sala's got uh, whipped those boys into shape. I can see Tom Brady coming in here and saying, like, okay, we have a few running backs. I have these amazingly talented wide receiver in Corey Davis and, and, and company. Why wouldn't I want to come here? And on top of that, the, the the drama of Tom Brady going back to the AFC East and and the the Bills Bills Mafia would would put themselves through all the tables if Tom Brady came back with the Jets and like won that division. They they would they would they wouldn't know what to do with themselves. And I'm not saying this is like likely or, or I'm not saying this is going to happen again. This is like a likely the most likely scenario that I see right now. The other scenario. And this might surprise some of you people out there. The other scenario, though, I think is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, at the end of the day, you got to go to a team that needs a quarterback. And the Steelers need a quarterback. That's the long shot. But those those are the, really the only two teams that I see Tom Brady even at, uh being able to go to because what other team like there's not really like that other perfect like uh scenario anymore before it was Miami right Miami was courting Tom Brady when those those Tom Brady sweepstakes were going on but Miami's got Tua and Tua has been playing great this year he's got a good connection with Tyreek Hill they seem to have their quarterback of the future you look at a team like uh like we were talking about the Raiders I don't know what the Raiders future is and I'm not sure I mean the okay now that i think about it maybe the raiders are a little more likely than than the steelers but even then like are they that talented of a team where tom brady would say okay i'm willing to bet the bank on this and let's go let's go for one more ride this is how i want to end my career 
I get Josh McDaniels is there, and Tom Brady's had a lot of success with Josh McDaniels. But I at, at this point in their careers, right, in the regular season, I don't really see the, the big difference between having Derek Carr or Tom Brady on your team. This team has other issues they need to work out. Like, like the, the Raiders right now are giving up. Um, they're giving up a lot of points per game. Like, it, like they're they're one of the top teams as far as points uh, scored against their defense in the AFC. So they've got they've they've got some kinks to work out themselves, right? Uh, I I just don't see that. I mean, I come back to the Jets. I think that's the most likely scenario. And if we see Tom Brady in a Jets jersey. It would bring back the painful memories of one Brett Favre in a Jets jersey, but the even the even more painful memories of Brett Favre in a Vikings jersey for many uh, Green Bay Packers fans. But we'll see, we'll see. I don't know which one of those jerseys is gonna go in Canton. We'll find out though. Y'all, let me know what you guys think though in the chat. Hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Other scores from this week. 16-14, not the year. That was the final score between the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Biggest news from this game was uh, Ravens' backup quarterback, who is now their starting quarterback since Lamar Jackson is out. Ravens quarterback, Tyler Huntley, who started this game, did not finish this game. He was taken out and put into concussion protocol. And the same thing actually happened to Kenny Pickett, the Pittsburgh Steelers starting quarterback in this game. So you saw both of the starting quarterbacks go out in this game. Mitch Trubisky came in relief for Kenny Pickett. And um, yeah, so Mitch Trubisky came in relief. He threw a few picks, which, you know what? I was not expecting Mitch Trubisky to be that trash out there. It was kind of sad to see. Uh, Ravens trotted out Anthony Brown, who didn't do much, didn't really need to do much. They were already up. It was a very defensive-heavy game. Brown just came in, handed the ball off, made like one or two throws that kind of iced the game. But other than that, didn't really do much. Didn't need to do much. The Bengals creeping up against the Ra- creeping up to the Ravens, I should say, t- with after their twenty-three to ten victory over the Cleveland Browns, two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed for Deshaun Watson. That's what that gets you. And anyway, um, moving on to the Jets and the Bills. So Jets and Bills played today. All right, there we go. So... The New York Jets faced off against the Buffalo Bills, and honestly, it, this was not a close game. <laughs> like it says, twenty to twelve on the scoreboard. It it was a it was it was basically a dominance by the Bills. They they just didn't really need to score that many points. Um, but uh, one person who was not at all phased by this loss, I say that sarcastically, was Robert Sala. Um. Robert Sala had some very interesting words for Bills Mafia and the Buffalo Bills after the game. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. I love our guys. They fight their tails off, but I think I speak for everyone in that we miss an op. Uh, we're going to see these guys again. So. What makes you say that? I just think we are. So Robert Sala, 
after their 20 to 12 loss to the Buffalo Bills said that the New York Jets are going to see the Buffalo Bills again and he is very confident in that. That would imply that the Jets make the playoffs. I I I really like Robert Sala. I want I want this to be known. I think Robert Sala is the bet, best head coach that the Jets have had in a very long time because he's very well spoken. He he understands. He's very media savvy. He understands how to not not spin things, but how to explain things genuinely. Genuinely explain things like the way he handled the Zach Wilson benching was was way better than I think any coach could ever handle it. Like if if I'm a coach and I have to make ever make a decision like that, that is what the example that I'm going to take. Right. That being said, I understand having confidence in your team. I understand wanting to portray your that you do believe that your team is going to make the playoffs. And and look, you that's what he has to say. I understand that. At the same time, this is a Jets team that's lost two games in a row that didn't really compete all that much with the Buffalo Bills today. A Jets team that is down their 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 franchise quarterback was relegated to inactive for the past few weeks. Mike White is your starting quarterback and he was taken to the hospital following this game. Joe Flacco is is your lifeline here uh down the stretch. To quote the great Jim Mora, playoffs? Are you kidding me? Playoffs? All the respect in the world. Robert Sala, my Muslim brother, all the respect in the world to you. There's a lot that needs to happen before this team makes the playoffs. Like, it, it does it help you a little bit that Miami's collapsing? Sure. But at the same time, the New York Jets have massive fundamental flaws that they need to work out vision flow visionary flaws like what is the vision for this team what is like is Zach Wilson even going to be back the whole point was get him off the field get him out of the starting lineup take the pressure off him let him digest and 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 slow down the game a little bit that was the whole point of this benching correct if that's the case, we're sitting here and 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 Robert Sala is is, is telling me, hey man, we're we're making the playoffs, and he's like, I'm just saying, man, I like I love the confidence, but you can't, you, you don't write checks that your team can't cash. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Because after a while, once you do, once you cry wolf one too many times, it becomes tiresome, and and. And people lose credibility in you. You lose credibility with people. You lose credibility with your locker room. Think about how tiresome. But people love Baker Mayfield, right? When he this is the thing about Baker Mayfield. We'll talk about Baker in a little bit, but the thing about Baker Mayfield, right? What the like day one, people love him. It's what everyone says. People love him. Because he's got this energy, he's confident. He exudes this confidence, and, and and people love that. They feed off that initially. But after a while, after you listen to the same spiel all the time, and Russell Wilson, you could say the same thing about him too. 
gets a little tiresome. Gets a little tiresome. And once you do that one too many times, and you're sitting there and you're still losing games, what happened to Baker Mayfield? His teammates got tired of him. Odell Beckham Jr. literally said, get me the hell out of here. People leave. You hear similar things about Russell Wilson right now. So, I love the confidence in Robert Sala. But I think his statement is, best case scenario, a bit premature. Worst case scenario, it's just... It's just writing checks that your team can't cash. But maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Anyway. Last few notes here. The Battle of Texas happened today. 27-23. Texans actually had the lead until the final drive of the game where Dallas just drove down 98 yards Great drive by Dak Prescott and company. 98 yards, touchdown, uh, 98 yards, multiple play drive, touchdown with just about under like 40 seconds ago. Texans almost had this though. Texans almost had this. Dallas got away with one. Jaguars defeated the Titans 36 to 22. What the hell happened here? Trevor Lawrence. Anyone who said that Trevor Lawrence, right, was, like, overrated or, or a bust after last year, man, to, you cannot say that this man has not taken a step forward. Like, he has 100% taken a step forward. Is it, like, week in, week out, he's having, like, monster games? No, but he's playing effective football. He's playing really good football, completing more than 65% of his passes, 20 touchdowns, 6 interceptions this year, um, has a 95 QB rating. He's playing good football. And in this game, he balled out. Over 360 yards, three touchdowns, 70% completion percentage. A a thumping, you could say, of the Tennessee Titans. Who, yeah, man, it was just, they got down and then they just, they just never, they just kept looking ahead. (laughs) Like, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was pretty bad. The other thing that was bad was Russell Wilson went out for the, Denver Broncos, by the way, the Broncos might, if we're talking about biggest disappointments, right? And I I might have, I'll just turn this into a thing. Guys, the biggest disappointment of this entire year is the Denver Broncos. They get Russell Wilson. They make this massive trade to get Russell Wilson. You got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, all these weapons. Everyone's thinking, Wow, finally, after all this time, after after the 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 quarterback carousel that has followed uh the Peyton Manning era in Denver, the Broncos have the guy. We were talking about the Denver Broncos being not just contenders, one of the favorites to be the winner of the Super Bowl, to be world champions at the end of this year. People had them winning this division. And they sit here at 3-10. and And it has very little to do with their defense. The story with this team is the exact same thing it's been since Peyton Manning retired. 
The offense is just garbage. God-awful. Can't score worth a damn. Three and ten. Have one of the best scoring defenses in the entire league. Yet they sit here and have one of the worst. I don't even think it's one of them. I think it actually might be the worst. Yeah. Have the worst scoring offense in the entire league. I don't think that's ever been done. I genuinely don't think it's ever been done. They've been in a lot of these games. They were in this game this week against the Chiefs. They were in last week's game against the Ravens. And they just couldn't finish. They've lost five straight. If we're talking about the panic button, right? The time to hit the panic button wasn't this week. The time to hit the panic button was before they lost five straight. This team was three and five at one point. That's when you hit the panic button here. I said it before. I'll say it again. Nathaniel Hackett is in over his head coaching this team. And I'm not saying this is not just all Nathaniel Hackett. He does deserve a considerable amount of blame considering he was brought in to be this offensive guru. Yet, this team is basically in the same position it was in last year and years before that with Vic Fangio. Another part of that blame should 100% go on Russell Wilson because he was brought in to be this guy. He was brought in to be the savior. Broncos country, let's ride back home because that's where we're going to be for the playoffs. Like, what is going on? It, it, it's atrocious. They're 2-4 and four at home, even worse on the road. It, it is just like... The fact that somehow, some way, Nathaniel Hackett is getting outcoached by Josh McDaniels is the biggest indictment on him, honestly. This is, this is a failure. This is a failure. And I'm not one for hyperbole or any of that, but heads are going to roll, or heads should roll after this. Nathaniel Hackett should be fired. He shouldn't have been hired in the first place. People gave him all of the credit in the world for what the, the Packers did last year. And they didn't seem to look at the fact that that was a team with Aaron Rodgers, with Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, uh, Dylan in the backfield as well, and, and, and all those other receivers who had built chemistry for years together. Yet he got the credit for it. Wound up getting a head coaching opportunity out of it. And we're sitting here wondering, oh man, why is this offense such crap? I wonder why. <laughs> like, I wonder why. I mean, and look, Russ, hey man, Russ was doing a little cooking today before he got uh before he got uh injured and, and got sent out of the game. By the way, big ups to Russ. But Man, he has not been cooking this year. It, 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 he's not been cooking. This offense hasn't been cooking. Like, if I'm the Rock, I don't want to smell whatever the hell they're trying to cook because it, it is, smells like garbage. 11 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. 14 weeks in. That is that's a damn shame, Russ. That's a damn shame. <sighs> Failure, man. What can, I, what can I say? What else can I say? Um...
We already talked about the Panthers defeating the Seahawks 30-24. to We talked about Brock Purdy looking really pretty. Finally, we got to talk about Justin Herbert. King Herbert, I should say. The, the battle of... The battle of the 2020s... 2020 first-round draft picks. There we go. That's what I'm trying to say. Battle of the 2020 first-round draft picks. Tua Tagovailoa versus Justin Herbert. Tua looked bad in this game, guys. He looked bad. I don't know what it is. They talked about this maybe being a sprained ankle. But he had a he had a bad game. Justin Herbert, on the other hand, had a great game. I mean, let me try to pull up his stats real quick. Like 367 yards, only one touchdown, but he led them down on a few scoring drives. None more important than the final one to put them up two scores with two minutes remaining. He did great. And look, Miami Dolphins are trending in the wrong direction right now. They've lost two in a row. People were talking about them maybe taking on the Bills for that division. I don't think it's going to happen now. Bills are 10-3. and They're 8-5, and and they face the Bills. I mean, look. If there's any time to turn this around, it's it's this Saturday when they face the Bills, but I'm not sure if they can do that. Chargers, on the other hand, keep their season alive. They are now 7-6, second place in that atrocious AFC West. Behind the Chiefs, who are locked, loaded, and in a dogfight with the Bills. Meanwhile, uh, for, for that number one seed. Meanwhile, team that no one's really talking about in this number in this race for the number one seed. And probably rightfully so, because they have not been looking too pretty recently, but they've been getting wins. The 9-4 Baltimore Ravens. By the way, the 9-4 Baltimore Ravens are in first place in the AFC North only because they beat, they are they already beat the 9-4 Cincinnati Bungles. And the Ravens, their schedule is interesting, to say the least, down the stretch. Because... The Baltimore Ravens, over the next few weeks, right, they have three of their last four games are in the division. They're 2-0 and right now in the division. Or Sorry, 3-0 after a win today. They're 3-0 in the division, but they still have the, their last three division games to go against all their teams. So they face the Browns. Then they go and face the Falcons at home. Then they host the Steelers, and they go. they finish the season on the road. In what could end wind up being like a Sunday night football, one of those Sunday night football games, winner takes all, winner goes to the playoffs, winner hosts a playoff game, all that jazz, right? Against Cincinnati Bengals. As a Ravens fan, I'm I'm scared but excited. Let's go in the deep end, folks. Let's go. I'm ready. Um, but we'll see. Monday night football tomorrow night. We got the New England Patriots taking on the Cardinals. Who gives a crap is what it is. Um, anyway, this has been pro football tonight, guys. Hopefully you've enjoyed this, whatever this was. Um, I know I've enjoyed it with you guys. If you haven't already done so, do me a favor. Go over to YouTube.com forward slash Real Take Sports and hit that subscribe button. And if you're watching this live, hello. And be sure to hit that like button. Uh, hit that notification bell as well so you get notified whenever a new video is released. And on top of that, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, we're everywhere, wherever the hell you're listening to this, be sure to leave a five-star review. Until next time, everyone, this has been Omer Q for Real Take Sports. Pro Football Tonight, over 
and out. Keep it real.